Oh, who just came in? Oh, fuck Scott, man. Oh, shit, Scott. Oh, how are you doing? Good. I'm not going to stay long. We're actually at the Beatles show right now, the, the love show we're waiting for it to start. Oh, You're nice. in Vegas right now? I am. I just saw you guys on, so I was like, fuck it. I'm going to jump on and say hi before they start recording. We're sitting here waiting for the show to start. I just want to say hi. Aw, that's adorable. That's all. Hi. <laughs> hi. 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 <laughs> all right, I'm leaving. All right, See you later. Bye. Fun. <laughs> Incorporated in 1875, proclaimed as the City of Destiny, Tacoma has maintained itself as the City of Grid. Tacoma kept its in-your-face artistry and individuality that sets it apart from anywhere else in the world. Our never-say-die attitude continues to this day. We are honored to bring to you those who live in Tacoma and its surrounding areas, whose contributions are what bring this city to life. The reputation is real. Welcome to the Grid City Podcast. Here are your hosts. Welcome to the Grid City Podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Jeff. I'm Derek. And there's no Scott. And there's no Brogan. I don't know what Robo Brogan's doing, but he's broken my machine and I want to deal with that shit. So... But no Scott, because Scott will be talking about his little escapades uh, going to possibly the Clown Motel. He sent us pictures, so he at least stood outside of it. We tried to convince him to uh, go inside. So when he's back on, he will tell us whether or not he was brave enough to enter the Clown Motel. Maybe room 222, Mm -hmm. where Clownness is. But there's no Scott today. So we're going to get right into this. We do have a special guest coming on in the near future. But wait, there seems to be someone uh, already joining our thing. There he is. Is that Fire Chicken? It's Fire Chicken. What's going on? Dude, Street Beast. What's going on, man? I you got is, Do you have a fight tomorrow? No, I, oh. I actually had him last weekend. Okay, good. Because as you can tell, my dates are all fucked up. <laughs> hey, uh, Ted Smith came out last uh, uh, last weekend. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, I actually let him announce a fight. Oh shit! Yeah, That's you got awesome. you got to post that link uh, when you put that out there. That's super fucking cool, man. Uh, how about I post it right now then? Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, go for it. Absolutely. I've been busy, man. I got I got a new computer and everything, so I'm. Uh, Editing's going a little bit quicker now. That is amazing, dude. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, that that's always good too. And when when it... throw out the throw out the uh, the links. It's just YouTube. Just look up Street Beef Scrapyard, right? All right, I just posted it for you guys. Tight, right in our uh, right in our shit. Perfect. Nice. You... Hi, Eric. I don't really, I don't really use Discord a whole lot, but I was sitting here and uh, I seen a notification pop up, and um, yeah, shit, here I am. <laughs> there it is, right there. Oh, nice. You know, what, you know what's actually funny is, um, I was at the Y the other day working out, and uh, I decided to listen to our old podcast that uh, that we did, uh, the last one that Mandy Bear and I went to over oh. Tacoma. Oh yeah, 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 the Union Club. Yeah, sometimes I'll go back and listen to old podcasts and 
because they're they're good time span stamps and telling me like okay what were we doing at this time or or you know where was our channel at yeah so shit so yeah so where was it then because that was that was last year right it wasn't that long ago yeah it was last year and um i think we were if i remember correctly we were at 135,000 subscribers Oof. damn and we hit today well we didn't get we didn't go up a thousand today but we did we're at like 273,000 right now dude and i mean like that is meteoric because like the channel's like what like three years old um well we've been doing fights for less than three years okay yeah 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 i I put the channel together just to just for sparring videos and stuff prior to doing the actual fights so july which is next month if you got well month after next um if you guys want to come out you know that's our three-year anniversary oh yeah i got saturdays free again we are fucking in man nice I think Ted might come out again. I don't know if he's going to come out in July, but he had a great time. Um, If you listen to his podcast, he mentions uh, the last couple podcasts. I was on his podcast a little while ago, Mm -hmm. and then he came to the fights, and then he mentioned us and talked about his experience uh, at the fights. But he did mention you guys kind of hooking us up and everything. Yeah, that was – I mean, and that was the thing, too. It was – I know how much he loves uh, fighting and just all that shit. And so I was like, oh, yeah, that's perfect. And I even asked you, I'm just like, hey, man, I know a guy who'd be really interested in coming out. Is it cool? And you were just like, fuck, yes. <laughs> Dude, I, I've been listening to, not consistently, but um, I, I've, I've been listening to it for probably 10 to 15 years. You know, um. Uh, there was a long, long time frame where I didn't have any tape or media player in my car, so it was just like radio every day. Yeah, and uh, yep. So, yep. Ted Smith of the men's room, good peeps, man, and they're just. And I just know that I knew that he would love to go check out that shit. And so, <laughs> match made in heaven, man. I hope I hope that he's going to be able to keep on hanging out and uh, doing shit too, because. I mean, you've gotten some recognition, like Snoop Dogg fucking like was like reposting your shit. Yeah, he he. Um, so it was kind of it's kind of weird how that happened. In it, we didn't really get the proper credit that we oh, we should have for that one. And what happened was a guy, comedy something, stole my video off of my page, and he posted it on his own. Now my fault was I had some feature turned on on Instagram where, um. You can't tag me unless I'm following you. Oh. He couldn't tag me in it. Um, and then Snoop stole it from him. He, <laughs> he you know, uh, one good thing is, like, there's banners in the background that say Street Beef Scrapyard. If, you know, if, if somebody watches it and they're really interested, they're going to they're gonna be like, oh, that's who they are. They're that Street Beefs or whatever, and, and they'll find us that way. Yeah. And so, yeah, that is so fucking great. That is so cool. Fuck, man. We'll see what. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, we'll see what's oh, go going. Ahead. Well, yeah, we'll just see what's going on with uh, uh, with us being able to make it out there. And if not, we'll do it in the future. That's for fucking sure. We'll try to make it happen, though. Yeah, for um, if you if you ever remember this, it's it's usually the first Saturday after the twentieth or on the twentieth. Okay. So. 
every single month, rain or shine. Um, I don't know if too much has changed out here since you guys have come out. Uh, I mean, I got heaters and stuff for the winter time. I have a food wow. vendor every single month. We got a merch tent. We have like a dedicated um, nurse station now. Wow, We've had nurses shit. come out, but now they have like their check-ins and everything, and then they check in after their fights. Ah, shit. I think we're doing putt stuff on July 22nd, if that's when it's going down. We're doing, uh, we're going Parkland putters, baby. <laughs> we're going to be, uh, we're doing a competition where, well, I'm going to find, I'm going to find like a thrift store, uh, trophy and that's going to be our trophy. We're going to re, uh, revamp it or I don't know. I think Scott has a beveler. <laughs> so yeah. we, can, we can just take, take somewhat, some poor kids like number one soccer game one and turn it into a, uh, a putting trophy worthy of our own stuff. Speaking, dude, I, I, I saw your fucking belts, dude. Those things are so tight. I was just gonna say, yeah, we we've got our we've got our own belts. Um, we've got pretty much all of them that we need. But this company that I went through kind of screwed one up, and they sent me an extra. And so what I what I did was I um I took this belt, and I have like these plates for it and everything. I need to get them engraved. That's the only thing; those are blank plates. But I I went on Amazon and I bought some fox fur, <laughs> and I I made a Sasquatch fur belt. <laughs> well, hell yeah! <laughs> Do you got pictures of that I up think... on like your uh, on the socials? Don't I don't want to show that to anybody till it's done. Oh okay 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 that makes sense that makes sense shit that's gonna look like, so I fucking could, tight. I could show it to you guys like if you if you message me on Facebook I could send you a picture of it but um it it did turn out better than i thought it would my daughter thinks it's disgusting looking but you know, <laughs> you know. that is fucking hilarious i love it Fuck hey, yeah. have, have you seen what we're doing with uh comedy clubs no no what's going on now oh so um we've uh we've had a couple comedians like be involved with us since we've been doing this thing uh one guy fights regularly. He goes by the name of Jay Money. Been to the Tacoma Comedy Club and all that stuff. But um, how did this happen? Oh, okay. Um, a, a comedian out in Bremerton reached out to me and invited us to the dope show. We went out there after the fights. Nice. Had a great time. And I said, hey, you know, maybe we could do something to work together. And maybe we could get com- comedians to fight each other. And, well, <laughs> now we have comedians fighting each other. No. Um, Oh, who did yeah, you get we, to fight each other? Um, Shad Foster versus Roger uh, Lazola. Oh shit! I know oh. Shad. Uh, Shad's kind of. I think Shad's kind of wild card, man. Uh, he's fought twice now because he fought on a non uh, comedian fight too. What? Oh no! Yep. Um, and Roger Lazola, he's a shorter guy, probably about forty-five, has a mullet. Uh, mustache, Hispanic. Really? Um, let's see. That's then we funny. had uh, Morgan Cullis, blonde, about twenty-three, and she fought Brock uh, Brock Torino. Uh, a little yes, person. yes, I know. I follow him on Facebook. He is so funny. Rusty, yeah, uh, interviewed him one time on his show when he had nice. Had a yeah. Oh my Love God, Roger Lazola looks like America. <laughs> I know. Like seriously, like holy shit, his Facebook 
cover photo. I'm just gonna post it in our uh, in our Discord channel with no content or no context, just to fucking see what kind of reaction people get on that one. Jesus Christ, that's amazing. I know what I got. An, I know what picture you're talking. I know. Yeah. I gotta know what, what it is. He's laying out in front of a fountain with his gigantic gun, his America socks and chucks. Uh, wearing a bandana, you can't see the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful mullet. But there's a Miller High Life, the champagne of beers, a tall boy right in front of him. That is, like I said, that is America right there. I, right. I I wouldn't step in the ring with him. No, no. I thought nope. Shad was going to have the upper hand, but I think that nope. that might not yep. be the case. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you watch the fight? No. So I don't know what happened. Now I have to go watch it. I have to wait till after the podcast. But I'm in, man. <laughs> You can actually look them up. I don't always put the fighters' names in the in, in the uh, title of the video, but um, on the comedians, I do for sure because they want the attention. You know, yeah, they do. <laughs> Man, we did a little bit of like pre-hype stuff. You know, they they went on uh, my my podcast thing and were kind of going back and forth a little bit. A <laughs> uh, little, little bit of a buildup. Nice. I love it. I love it. I'm going to check out that. Also, by the way, like live, you're in our Discord, but live in our Discord in the text channels, we do have a Grit City Sports. Like, seriously, if you have the chance, like, or I'll try to remember as well, but if you can, just throw some, like, videos in there whenever you do it. It's a good thing to uh, for people to hit up whenever because they can find them whenever. But I'll try to do it myself, you know, and be a good, like, uh, channel manager or something along those lines. But... Yeah, like if you have a chance, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I've seen you post. I try before, to share stuff so, yeah. the best that I can, but there's so many platforms and stuff out there that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and that's we got some good people that like do a lot of that for uh, a lot of our sports stuff. Our uh, sports guy Eric is really good at throwing stuff in there. So uh, I'll have to step up the game and make sure that you get your also do do a representation on that. Make it happen, dude. I appreciate it. I really do. Um, yeah. Um, do you guys know who Demetrius Johnson is? Mighty Mouse? Yeah, Mighty Mouse. Yeah. So he's doing breakdowns of our videos now. What? Oh. On his, if you type in, um, I think it's Mighty Gaming. Uh, that's his, that's his YouTube channel, which is growing really fast. And it's, it's essentially a gaming channel, but yeah. like he'll be in the middle of Call of Duty and then he'll be like getting sick of it. And he's like, all right, let's do some fight breakdowns. And uh, a lot of people suggest our videos and he's from the Pacific Northwest. So he just, yeah, he loves them. Oh, hell yeah. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson right there. Boom. Let me, I'll post a link on that on our sports as well too, because yeah, he's like, he's well known in the MMA world. So. He's the goat of his weight division for sure. Straight up. I love it. I just love the fact that you got him like <laughs> just like getting some hot takes on the street on the street beefs, huh? Oh yeah, right there. Karate Black Belt versus MMA fighter street beefs. God damn. Um, he's he's helping some of those. Some of those are ours and some of them are the Yeah, that the looks main like ori- yeah, that one looks like it's the original street beef. So you gotta kinda go through them all and stuff. But, but that's not bad either. <laughs> He did uh, the comedians, Morgan and Brock. He did theirs, a breakdown on theirs. Oh, that is amazing. I didn't even know he streamed gaming as well. Oh, yeah. He's big into gaming. He's got a monster PC. Of course he does. (laughs) What do you do after you fight, man? Fighting video games. 
I saw he was playing some Mortal yeah. Kombat on there. Holy shit, that's amazing. Oh, that's fucking tight. Like, damn, you're getting, you're blowing up, dude. So I'm also trying to reach out to, I'm, I'm trying to get this thing going, but it's, it's, um, I, I haven't had any like real uh, leads with it or anything, but I want to do what's called a, um, we came up with the name Scrap Battles. So like we do with the comedians, they get, you know, right before their fight, Chad and Roger didn't do it, but then Morgan and uh, Brock did, and they get a chance to say some like, you know, kind of some stuff back and forth right before the fight. Yeah. And it, uh, yeah, to show that they're comedians, you know, so it's, it, you can say that they're comedians, but unless they're putting jokes out there, it's not really, you know, it doesn't really, uh, <laughs> it doesn't really matter if you just say that they're comedians. But what I want to do with scrap battles is have a couple rappers and maybe do um, like a battle rap thing. Oh, shit. And then box each other. <laughs> <laughs> that that reminds me of like a more hardcore version of like the boxing chess where they play chess for like three minutes and then do a <laughs> round of boxing. Like that would be funny because that could, I mean, like legit, like that could get in someone's head if you're like talking like really mad shit and then it gets into it and then that you have to punch a dude and either the dude's going to be kind of extra pissed about it or maybe you'll have that psychological advantage, man. Right. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to set it all up yet, if we're going to let them try to go back and forth after a round, or if the or if the boxing part is like, figures into the decision, like, or the rap thing figures into the, the decision, like, right. well, you won the fight, but um, you definitely won the rap battle, so I mean, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> some points for each of them or something along those lines. But it's also like, yeah, it's like, it, what happens if someone gets punched so hard that they can't, like, rap battle? <laughs> is it just, like, default? Is that, like, a TKO at that? Like, you automatically get a TKO if you can't, like, finish finish a line or something? Yeah, I mean, this is all <laughs> stuff that we need to figure out, but, uh, um, you know, sky's the limit. We can do whatever we want. Hell yeah. And seriously, like, Street Beef Scrapyard is amazing. Like, I've always loved the shit that you've done. We've had you on, God, Discord a bunch of times, so I'm glad you've uh, been able to do that as well, man. Yeah, it's fun. I, I love getting on these things. Um, hey, also, if you guys ever want to do the podcast, um, it's just a suggestion, but, like, yeah. Uh, I, I, do you know Adam Tiller? Do you know who that is? Not offhand, no. Not, I'm, I'm shitty with names. <laughs> he's a, he's a, a local comedian, and I actually bought tickets to see him, him um, and Brennan Schaub perform at the Tacoma Comedy Club. Oh, nice. And after the show, I got to meet the guys, and I met him. And I said something, like, about street beefs, and, and he got really interested in it. And um, he has a podcast, Fathom and Friends. And uh, it's a uh, – I think it's in Tacoma, Everett. So I, I, don't, I don't know exactly where it is, but um, – he wanted to have me on his podcast and uh i go well yeah you know i can meet you in tacoma and i said or you can come to the scrapyard and i can set it up in the cage and so we literally oh, did our oh, 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 oh. podcast in the cage and it turned out really good because uh the sound was really good and just the environment and um super super comfortable because we were at these like lazy chairs and stuff and uh, I just feel like the whole thing went really well, but that that's also an option too. If you guys oh. ever want to come out and do it Fuck in yeah. the cage. Hell yeah. 
I'm in, man. Straight yeah. up. Like, we'll figure out the dates on this and do that in the near future, but I am so down for that. We love going out there. It was it was so cool because you just, you like, seriously, Sasquatch country, you're so deep, but, like, still, like, not too far from civilization. It's kind of the weird thing about, you know, Washington is that you, that's the sort of thing you can just kind of, like, you know, 20 minutes out and suddenly you are, like, deep. And exactly, guys, yeah. Yeah. We're, I mean... 10 minutes from Costco, you know? <laughs> that is so fucking awesome, dude. Like, seriously. Like, ah, oh, god damn, that's so cool. What have you got going on with the championships, though? I mean, you've got the Squatch Belt. Are you going to – I know you're going to put it together eventually, so it's a work in progress, but are you going to – like, is this going to be something where you're going to try to take it to, like, other uh, uh, street beefs uh, things, or are you going to keep it, like, within your uh, – within your own uh, organization here. So I kind of had an idea for the Sasquatch belt. I mean, all the other belts, we have four of them now. We got boxing, kickboxing, mixed martial arts, and Muay Thai. And we actually had our first Muay Thai championship fight last event. That's the red belt. Um, But the Sasquatch belt, I was thinking, was doing this thing called uh, combat jujitsu. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, it's um so it's Brazilian jiu-jitsu except you can slap each other in the face on the ground. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> just the way you put it, it's just like, yeah, it's suddenly it's just like slap, slap. And I don't imagine it actually yeah. being like that, but it's like you take someone down and then just start slapping them as hard as you can. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> almost like mixing almost like mixing wrestling with power slap. Oh man, right. have you been have you been watching that shit? Yeah, actually, yes, because I know there's three Street Beast fighters that are in Dana White's Power Slap League, and I think ah. one or two of them are the champions. No way! Wow. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, uh, did you watch the last one on Rumble? They they play them on Rumble, but um, no, I want. I've been a- I've been watching them on TikTok. <laughs> okay. So my buddy, his name is Static. Um, he fights for the Virginia one. And I met him when I went over there in 2020 to fight. And uh, um, he is the champion. I think it's, I want to say it's 205. Wow. But he, yeah, he's their champion. And uh, he, he just did hit a match. Dana White walks up, puts the belt around his waist and everything like he was in the like the ultimate fighter house for power slap. Wow. That's ridiculous. Like that is like just watching it. I first off, I like that they have rules. I like that they, because if you didn't know about this, there have been like underground power slap leagues. Like there have been like slap fight clubs out there. And it and if you say it like that, it sounds kind of I don't know, wimpy, but these are like monsters who are just slapping the shit out of each other. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I could never do it. I, I just, no. <laughs> I try to avoid getting hit in fights. So <laughs> you don't say it's usually probably the best, uh, the best aspect of that, man. But God, that like just watching just the, the sheer power. And I mean, like they telegraph it. No one gets surprised by it. They have say they flat out say, "Hey, you're gonna do a count, whatever count, and you pull back and you just do exactly how like it's regulated as much as you can regulate slapping another person in, person in the face." But it's also yeah. it also just seems ridiculous to me. Like just 
and, and it, like it, fighting it's fighting inter- seems entertainment normal. yeah is what, is what they're going off of and yeah to touch on those rules a little bit i mean it, you can't you can't pivot your foot on the ground you can't lift your other foot you you're not allowed to go with the slap if you're the person receiving it um you have to go on on what you say you're going to go on um you can't you can't they call it clubbing it's where you hit with the um uh, the bottom part of your hand oh yeah like palm of, striking yeah. yeah and actually my buddy that had the belt or has the belt he got knocked on his ass and he was out he was pretty much he was done. The other guy was celebrating, running up and down the the, the runway, you know, <laughs> ready to get the belt put on him. And they go, uh, what do they call it for pivoting? Oh no so way! Was, yeah, so he didn't win the belt. Wow! And then, like at that point, dude's like wrecked. But also, it's the same reason. Like when you're watching, um, God, Scott would just be calling me a jock right now. Um, <laughs> but like when you're, uh, like watching football and someone holds and you're like, Oh, that guy would have scored a touchdown. It's like, no, like the whole thing, like maybe the dude wouldn't have gotten knocked out if the dude hadn't pivoted, but that actually does give a bonus. Like that's the reason why they're like not allowing that stuff because they want it just to be a straight thing and not having that sort of form into it. Right. It allows more, um, uh, momentum to be built by pivoting your foot, twisting your hips more, and but... ev- and everyone's built differently too. So like a physiology, it's almost it kind of again another sports relate, but it reminds me of like restrictor plates and like NASCAR and shit. Like yeah, everyone has to have as much of a clean or at least an even slate as possible, and then you know your your the strength of your jaw, and then your you know the strength of just your arms and stuff like that. So it's that standard. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. There was another match down there, and the guy, like, overextended his arm, and he had to slap with his left hand. And (laughs) you could just tell, like, it was just the wimpiest little slap in the world. But the other guy kept doing fouls, and so the guy with the hurt arm, like, retained his title because uh, he he didn't have all these fouls that the other guy did. And even though he's doing these wimpy slaps with his other hand, I mean, they still counted. That's amazing. Holy shit. God damn, man. Fuck. I'm re- I'm just really surprised that this is still like such a big thing that it's still really going on. Well, I know what happens if uh, somebody decides that they want to uh, settle something in the ring with the slap fight for you guys. <laughs> you going to be down? You going to allow it? I don't see why we couldn't. I mean, to be honest, like if if two people were like, well, I want to do what they do on there, I would have to research it. We'd have to have, I would just contact Static and and be like, dude, come on, tell me like what what do I need <laughs> to do this? Because um, yeah, the uh, like I said, there's there's three guys. There's No Love. He's the um, West Coast guy. I think he's their cha- I think he's a champion of slap uh, power slap. And then Dorian Perez, who's disturbing the peace. He actually fought in my yard against the Terrifier, and uh, yeah, he's like ranked number three right now. Jeez, man, God, you just look at all these people—they're starting off where you're at, and then just blowing the fuck up. Yeah, I mean, just uh, man, Sleepy's does a lot of good for people, you right? Know? Yeah, the strangest training grounds, man. Because I mean, even beyond that, like, yeah, you hold the fights, you know, like once a month, but. 
at the same point, like you're a family with a lot of those people and you even like people in the crew, people like just they all train together because that's what you want together. You want to rise everyone, lift everyone up and to have the best fights possible. Right. That's why I think you're an anchor in this community for that. And you're also a good resource, a very good, reliable resource, you know, yeah. um, and family. And that, that I guess that those two things equal family, right? Right. Yeah. We've, um, we've put together a really good tight knit community that is really accepting of, of pretty much anybody to come out and, and we, I, I, even when we do our pre-fight intros or not intros, but, um, pre-fight, um, Oh, you know, the rules and everything. I, yeah. I tell everybody, I said, Hey, look around guys. If you're new here, meet somebody new, introduce yourself, um, get to know some people and people want to come back and fight. And then they join our, our, our fighter chat and stuff on, on Facebook. And then before you know it, they're, they're hanging out with these people. And, you know, um, a lot of people have made some really good connections, some really good friendships. Um, out of this and just um all 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 you know overall just improve their lives off of off of fighting which is pretty crazy but uh we we're really trying to go after how important it is for people's mental health to be able to do things like this and to be around other people and be part of a community and have people you can talk to well and i mean that's a huge point about this because you didn't start the original Street Beefs, but you have held really close tight. And you, the reason why you were even allowed to continue on the name on this side is because you went out to the original and you made this happen. And with Scrapyard, but on that else on that note, like the original behind the re, the reason behind Street Beefs originally is guns down. And right now there seems to be like a lot of guns up and having something where hey you don't have to settle your bullshit by you know shooting people or killing someone sometimes especially with like the younger crowd like just learn to like maybe just a fight will get you out of it and you know not all the time but if you look into something like this and you guys decide hey yeah maybe we do actually have a beef and maybe we can quash that beef by just getting into a ring and safely getting out our aggressions and getting it out in a way that is, you know, you you like you abide by the rules and you make sure that everybody else abides by the rules. And I think that's perfect for something like that. Like you said, people need an outlet. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and whether or not people are, are solving beefs out here, another thing that is, is something to look at is if people are coming out here and they have to follow rules and be around people and, and get to know people and, and form connections with people, then it might, it might kind of persuade them to maybe kind of steer away from the lifestyle that they were in or are currently in. Um, they might have something to maybe really look forward to. And that's, that's one thing that the mental health comes into play. But, um, I mean, I, we've had a lot of people that, you know, fresh out of jail and stuff and they want to come out here and get a fight. But then what they don't count on happening is meeting all these people and people that don't judge them, that, that, um, treat them with respect. And that's one thing out here is that everybody treats everybody with respect. It's just, it's mutual. It doesn't matter what your background is. You come out here. It's like a, I call it an oasis. You know, it's like all the, 
all the animals come out here to drink, you know, and none of them kill each other. Well, except for in the ring, but you know, that's, that's different. (laughs) I think that's, I think that's one of the coolest things about it too, because especially Seattle, Tacoma, less so. I mean, people in Tacoma will just talk to you whether you want to or not, but just specifically the Pacific Northwest being very standoffish and having, having that uh, culture that pretty much anyone around the country knows about having a place where you can go in and everyone's on equal, equal ground and equal playing field and having no judgment is an awesome way to build that community. Yeah. I, I I feel like it really makes people appreciate, you know, everybody and not be judgmental and, and just, uh, you know, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. 100% on that. Oh, we do have some questions for uh, Street Beef. So we got one. We got one from Walk Like a Flan. Uh, have you ever come away from a match with a new best friend slash worst enemy? <laughs> um, yes, yes, actually. Um, back in the day when I was when I was younger, fist fights. I feel like you you get into it with people, and then you fight. And then you become friends after that. Um, not so much out here, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, actually, the last guy that I boxed, I've been talking to quite a bit. So maybe, maybe he's a new a new friend. Nice, nice. Well, and I mean, at that point too, you know a little bit more about a person. Like to be perfectly honest, and I mean, it's even to take away something from like, whoop, Tacoma's driving by right now. Um, just to take a you know take away from like the Princess Bride and stuff. You never know really know about a person until you fight them, and uh, well, you you do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It should just be an open fight policy everywhere. You should just be able to challenge people in public and well, and that's that's how you get. That's how uh, like I don't want to say get yes. away with it, but that's how you do this because Washington has a mutual combat law. I found out that from ye old um, street vigilante Phoenix Jones. Who uh, is still <laughs> is still doing it all out there, uh, still fighting crime and doing all his stuff. But his like he was one of the people who invoked mutual combat with a dude and whooped his ass. And there was a cop right you guys there. Know who, him? Yeah. Um. Oh, a long time ago. Like, do you want me to? Uh, do you want me to see if uh, I can get Phoenix? Uh, Phoenix out there. Well, um. Yes. Yeah. So that would be really cool. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I can't. It, it, I can't make any promises. I haven't talked to him in probably seven, eight, nine years at this point. But uh, yeah, yeah. I can. I can always see he might be interested in training because I mean, if you don't know, he did some MMA for a while as Ben Fodor, like his actual name. <laughs> and that yeah. would that would be amazing just to see him come out. I don't know if he would come out in his gear, but that'd also be pretty fucking amazing if oh, he did. That would be amazing. <laughs> I'll see what I'll see what I can do. I I made it happen with Ted. We'll see if I can do something with Phoenix Jones. <laughs> oh yeah. I I re- um I see I see there's another question question yeah. here from uh, Tacoma Joe. Yeah. Has there um, ever been a fight? Uh yeah, has there ever been a fight where you both fighters are so bad that they made you laugh? Like they get in to settle a beef and it just turns into kids cat fighting. <laughs> so we accommodate every level of experience from nothing to high. Um some people, you know, they get in there and, and you just like like you gotta wonder like where did this person train? You know, what what is this? And and I'll be honest, like sometimes it works. 
like the craziest thing that you've ever seen. Sometimes it works. Well, I mean, and it, then they then they become the biggest name in your backyard fight organization and become fighter of the year. Are and, you talking about Solo? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about Solo? Because <laughs> <laughs> that man is a monster, but also he looks like he has no like. I mean, he pops some amazing skills, especially with his kicks. But also looking at him, you don't expect it. To be perfectly honest, I got to show you this new guy. He's oh, fighting no. this month too, oh, and he no. said he would fight solo. What people are asking? I mean, I oh, you one, have no idea how many people asked to fight solo. When we were there, one of the guys wanted to fight solo, and he did. And the guy pulled out like a Naruto like anime punch mm-hmm. on him, and it was pretty fucking hilarious. But just. People wanting to fight solo just kind of boggles my mind because if you haven't, like, just look up Street Beef's solo and you will find some of the most entertaining matches you've ever seen. So, yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely insane. So, yeah, we'll check those out, too. Just is watch those fuck. Yeah. So this, this one that I just posted for you guys in the chat, um, this guy comes out wearing a dress shirt. And his name's Pappas. And um, you just have to watch it. it it's, it's just crazy. He, it's, it's, yeah, I, I can't explain it. That makes sense, though. <laughs> just like, there's a lot of those, I think, too. There's been a couple of them. Like, like you said, all walks, all skill levels. And you just you just don't know. And then you just see somebody, I felt bad. It was one of the older guys that you have fighting, and he got his bell rung with ours. And it was one of those that, like, afterwards you're like, "Are you okay?" And he was just like, "Like my cat, my cat just had surgery today, and he's still kind of drugged out, and he's staring into like walls." And that was kind of what the dude like. He just had his bell rung, and he's just like, "I'm like, hey, you did a good fight." He's like, "Wait, I fought." I'm like, "Yeah, bro, you just fought." Yeah, and yeah, you're like, you go, yeah, you did okay. Yeah, you did okay. He's like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, you fought. You're like, oh, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> so we have the required now. We have the required nurse stop nice. before and after the fight, so that the the nurse can look you over and make sure, okay, this guy's okay to get in there. And then afterwards, okay, this guy's either needs to go to urgent care or can go home. Oh gosh, yeah, right. I mean, and that's the whole thing too. Like you're there to have safe fights and everything that you can do to make that happen is like perfect you know like that's the aspect of it like you just you want people to have an outlet and this is fun for a lot of people so on that aspect this is what you want to do and make happen so yeah just uh keep improving it and keep making it safer and so you know fine-tuning it and straight up straight up all right. Right. And it's pretty, it's pretty healthy too. Right. Because, you know, we all have anger issues and, and especially <laughs> today's a, like we, I think we talked about that already, you know, to, but yeah, you know, put the gun guns down, skip back to that. I think we need to play more D and D and get more fistfights. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. We need more D and D. Um, Jeff, Jeff had some shit go down. And I need we need to get to it. All right, you guys ready for this? I'm yes. gonna take. So do we want to uh, take a quick break, refill <laughs> yeah. our drinks before we hop into that? Yeah, we'll, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back, get a refill on our drinks, 
And then when we get back, we got a Jessica Page that's going to get epic. That's for damn sure. I am with Rusty with RCF Exteriors. Rusty, how are you doing? Not bad. Not bad. You do really good work. I try, yes. You created this studio with me. I helped. At least the front part, you know. Yeah. Placing the windows, framing up the walls. But also beyond that, I had you come and do what RCF Exteriors is known for which is Windows. Yep. The price was better than anybody else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we kind of have a saying where it's, uh, you can pay whatever you want for Windows. But for actually the same Windows you get anywhere else, you get the same install, but not for these crazy prices. People can go and check out a lot of the work that you've done at rcfexteriors.com. And the quality of the work and the price speak for themselves. Give them a call at 253 446 8845 and give me your motto because I think it's fantastic. <laughs> That's cut wood, not corners. RCF Exteriors. Check them out at rcfexteriors.com. Hey, Jeff, are you ready? Yes. The Jeff's Capades. You had an epic one, dude. Yeah, man. So. I don't even know what day it is now. Um, but <laughs> so wasn't it yesterday was the day before yesterday. Um, 11.30 a.m., uh, me and my wife, we, we, we both work at home, and we're um, we're just having a good I remember it was just a good day. It was just kind of, kind of a good day. I had the windows open. Uh, my back faces one of the windows that is a um, window that I can see the neighbor's house, like my next-door neighbor's house, and it's the walkways for, for the houses. And, um, uh, I was, uh, I don't even remember what we're talking about. We just finished something talking or I just got something and I sat down and I remember thinking, man, I'm hungry. And maybe that's what I was going to do. I was going to get up, you know, out, out of my chair. And all of a sudden I hear a loud noise, just like a fucking explosion. And I see debris out of my fucking window and I'm going, shh. Yeah. So I, I jump up and I go running out and Rob and my uh, wife upstairs, she, she hears it too. And she, she thinks that it sounded like a shelf falling in the garage, which has happened before. And it is a terrifying sound. Especially you don't know what it is, you know? Uh, uh, so she thought that and I go, no, I said, it's an accident. It's an accident. And, and as I'm going around the corner, my cat, Lemmy the brave, he's a, uh, <laughs> He's fucking doing 90, but in, in one place. Cause we have like, we have like smooth floors, you know, yeah, the, like the, the hard, yeah, the hardwood ish yeah. floors. Yeah. Yeah. The hardwood ish floor. Yeah. Fake hardwood floors. So man, he's fucking doing 90 and he's, he's all puffed up from his tail to his head. So this big puff ball, he's going the opposite direction, you know? So I know it's bad. Right. And, and I get out there and I look and where my fence used to be, there there was these two guys standing there. And I'm thinking uh, for a minute there, I thought, well, maybe, maybe if I just go back in side, you know, go away. Um, but I, I did. And I went outside and, and Rob and Robin was coming down. And uh, I said, man, you need to call 911, 911, definitely 911. And I'm getting out there, and there's two guys there, and luckily one of the guys was an off-duty uh, uh, deputy of some sort, officer, first responder of some kind. And he was very clear. He goes, hey, we can't get her out. Or they said them. I didn't know it was a her yet, you know? Oh, wow. She, they, they go, we can't get them out. Um, 
tell yeah i said my wife's calling 911 and he goes yeah we can't get them out uh so tell them to bring and he goes i'm smelling gas i'm oh, smelling because what, what i i guess i should i should finish because uh, i'm kind of relaying it as i i fo- i'm focusing on what's going on so as he's saying this and i'm looking i see what happens the car went through our fence it basically ate it like like you would see those movies where a car would drive through a cornfield. Yeah. Because there's nothing really left of our fence except the splinters of 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 that. And went through our neighbor's shed. Like this is a, a proper uh very uh wood wood shed that they built and it had all the equipment that good people good housekeeping people have you know <laughs> nice lawnmower extra paint you know to always touch up uh their uh, uh propane for their big they had this nice chrome you know like double decker grill thing going on uh they had a motorbike back there uh they had a very well made yard very love and care and a poodle <laughs> So, oh no, the poodle was in the back. Uh, the poodle was in the. Okay, I'll get to that later. Oh fuck! And so, and like you, so, sh- well, you showed the you you showed us some pictures, and you've posted some pictures in the Discord. It looks like like when the DeLorean went into the barn and Back to the Future. Yeah, percent. My wife came out, and she's telling nine one one operator that they took off. I'm going no. And she going, yeah, I don't see him. I don't see it. I go, no, because I'm trying, because she's going, yeah, I think they took off. And and I go, no, and I keep pointing to the thing. And I go, it's in the shed. I said, the shed's on it. And the guy, uh, and at the same time, the guy's saying, hey, we can't get to this person. We see somebody moving around, and I'm smelling gas. And, you know, everybody just, just be prepared. And I'm thinking, we don't got, I because at first I'm like mad at this person. Like, yeah. what the fuck's going on? You know, <laughs> fucking Mr. Magoo over here, you know, but then I got scared. Cause I thought, shit, I'm going to, we're going to see a person burned to death and there's nothing we could do about it. Oh, you know? And then I'm God. thinking there's no place for us to go there or, or anywhere that, you know, if that, if that thing catches, we're fucked. Everybody's fucked. And, and so it went from rage to like, oh, we know oh, there is an issue, you know. So I, uh, uh, then all I could feel was bad for this person that, um, yeah, um, the ambulance came. Uh, we had like uh, the police show up, the ambulance came, fire truck came. They were all they closed off the street. Yeah, then and, this is a this is a uh-huh. pretty busy busy road too. Like you're. You you've got like this whole it's, development, it's, and you're like right next to a fairly busy road. It's a very yeah, it's a main artery to get from A A to B uh, in the around this area. So yeah, everything from school buses, dump trucks, uh, semi. Oh no, no, no I would take that back. Uh, semi, yeah, yeah, semi here and there. Not too many. <laughs> uh, yeah, everything else in between. Um, but we're lucky we don't have a lot more accidents is because we do have a lot of families through, through your, all this stuff is just residential. Um, so we were really surprised and that's where me and Lemmy hang out. Honestly, that part that that's missing, uh, me and Lemmy were there last, you know, night before Jeez, and he yeah. was, he's, he was rolling in the grass, man. And this, know. this happened in like the, was it like the morning or like the afternoon? Yeah. 1130 AM. Oh, okay. So right around um, lunchtime. Jeez, man, that's just, 
You don't expect that sort of shit to happen at that time. No, so here's the scary part. On the other side, my neighbor just let his poodle out to take a pee, and he's standing in the back door. And so the poodle's out there. He's at the back door. All of a sudden, a fucking, you know, thing comes barreling through. Oh, uh, no. You can see his chrome. Uh, the pictures are up. I see the p- pictures up, and they... uh uh so and that's the other thing i hear a rumor because i i think i saw his wife and i go where's she because i knew they had a dog and a cat and i go where's where's, is your dog and cat okay and she goes yes yes but i think she's she's like you know her world just came down is like shut up stupid man yeah and here's here's what i'm wearing i'm wearing pajama pants (laughs) i'm wearing these moon boot shoes that they're sketchier (laughs) uh, walkers beautiful shoes they feel so good on your feet it's just like i've been walking around barefoot like a stupid man because they feel so good but they look like moon boots so i'm standing with that i don't have a hat on and my hair is all spiky you know and i do i do look homeless <laughs> i guess so all these people you're getting are like, a little, oh, yeah i'm your neighbor no, you're getting not. a little shaggy that's true man <laughs> right i'm growing growing out the beard yeah so I'm out there, and uh, finally, uh, even the the chaplain showed up. You know, uh, oh geez, yeah, and he's going, oh, that's why you're dressed like that. Because we were talking, he was talking to me and, and me and Robin, you know, as they're clean cleaning up. Um, and he's going, uh, so I go, I go, yeah, we're lucky we're home. I said we both work from home. He goes, oh, that explains why you're dressed like that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I can manage this late, 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 man. And then um, her husband came around the corner, and he goes here, talk to them. And he had nine one one on too. And I said, hey man, I said, uh, uh, I'm his neighbor. Uh, my wife's on the phone with you. Also, is it okay if we disconnect? And she, she got some more information and said, yeah, um, nice. And then he kept on. And then he asked about his poodle. He goes, my poodle, my poodle. He goes, I can't find oh, my poodle. And no. they thought that it was like a poodle in the car, like the lady crashed with the poodle. And again, we don't know it's a, late, a lady at this point. And he's just kind of in and out of it. And he's like, he looked back at me one time. He goes, are, are you still shaking too? And I said, yeah, man. I said, it was scary. And and they're cleaning stuff up. And then they uh get the lady out. They had to tear down his fence and cut down one of his nice trees, his nice bush trees back there to get to this lady. Oh no. Uh, she was very disoriented. They got her on the uh, stretcher. She was uh, awake, but yeah, you could tell she was of course having a bad day. Uh, <laughs> tow, tow truck pulled up and um, yanked that car out, man. Just like it, they had to like pull it out. Not just like, you know, pull it where it rolls out. They had to yank it out. Like you'd, you'd pull a tooth out of a cat. Probably. Rude. Too soon. I know. I know. I saw him. <laughs> but yeah, they had to do some fucking yanking. And, 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 um, if the shed wasn't there, it would have been in this house. You know, if she would have jogged to the right, it would have been in our house. Dude, um, yeah. She could have went straight. If she would have continued uh, going on, she could have rode the sidewalk, you know. Jeez, <laughs> um, right. And then, but people, that's such a busy sidewalk, too. We got kids going to school. We got moms walking because it's a very beautiful place for walking. And it's it's very long and, and uh, you know, it's just decent wide. You don't expect fucking cars to get up on there. 
<laughs> right? Uh, but it, uh, it was a, me- a medical emergency, so I'm not blaming the lady. Right. She's okay. Uh, we did hear from uh, sources that, that, that she's okay. That's um, good. Do you like, like, do you know why was she on her phone or some bullshit or something like that? No, just had a medical emergency. Oh, so it was just that. God yeah. damn. That's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. And and the funny thing was when the, the car, they turned on the engine to pull, to pull it out, to unlock it. You could hear the radio playing. It's fucking gangster rap. Man. She, <laughs> she, you know, she's probably on my age. Well, she looks a bit old. Just bumping it. Oh, it was grand, man. I was going <laughs> to. All right. So they pulling this thing out and the paint's all oh. over it, you know, from the, from the shed and smells like gas and it's banging gangster rap. It's <laughs> no one, out of no one can turn it off. No one can get close enough to it to turn it off. <laughs> right. So they, so they pulled, so they pulled it out. They pulled it out, pulled it around the corner and, and uh, uh, they, it's that, and they're trying to put it onto a flatbed, and then there we had a motorcycle cop, and we had a police officer, and we had uh, uh, a couple more officers, and my neighbor's trying to get out, you know, so I ran over, and I never met these people before in my life anyway, and I go, yeah, I said some car ran into us. That's and- a hell of a wait. Now, like, and seriously, like, in the live podcast recording, uh, Derek popped in the pictures, and it's it's bad. Like, I hope you. I hope your insurance covers like active car because oh. that. Oh, they. Well, that's the cool thing. So her insurance and our insurance are the same insurance. Nice. And she and so nice. we talk to them and she takes full responsibility. So they they will take full responsibility for the coverage. That's amazing. Um, and also, I mean, like, I'm glad that a she has insurance and you have insurance yeah. and the, the serendipity of having it the same company. Oh my right. god, that's just a relief right there at that point. Right. Yeah. So it just uh but my wife handled that, thank God. <laughs> just like I'm too hot for this shit. Well no, you oh, I had I had to get high. I was too sober for that. <laughs> After every, I found everybody was safe and I got the okay to I shouldn't have to be on watch or anything like that. Like I'm I mean, taking the rest of the day off and I'm I not said, doing man, I got shit. A bowl. It's kind of <laughs> weird smoking out in my backyard now because now people are just walking by. It's like, hey, how you doing? You know, <laughs> what's up? Yeah, you don't have the fence, man. You don't have the no. barrier. You can just like hide away in your little yard, which was amazing. Right. Yeah. yeah, but uh, to let everybody know, yeah, people will die if they come unannounced up on that back step. I Straight up. Because, yeah, they, uh, it is just uh, way too open right now. Well, well and that, it's like, a, even looking at it, like, you're not right on the on the road, but, I mean, there's a sidewalk, and you've got, like, the little ditch and stuff, but there needs to be, like, some concrete right. barriers or something getting in the way right. of that whole yeah, thing. We, Right, we talked about that, and we found we found out some. I think we found some pretty easy ways to help at least discourage it. Yeah, and if our fence, if fence was a good fence, she'd be dead. Oh, you no, know, yeah, because yeah, she snapped those fuckers off at the at ground level. I think this is oh. a prime opportunity to dig yourself a moat, <laughs> dude. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So there's a a, a moat on the side of the fence between the road and the sidewalk up until they get to our corner where it turns into like a bush. And so that's where she came in at. So she, because the first thing my neighbor asked me was, well, what, uh, what about the ditch? That ditch is supposed to stop cars. And, (laughs) 
and I go, he, she missed it. She hit it. She hit it early. She was going fast enough. Yeah, she missed it or just like flew over it. I mean, fuck. Yeah, like, oh, that's yeah. just physics it, on that. It was. It was scary. It was scary. It was like the scary most eleven seconds, and then and then it was just like worry. And then after it was all that, it was like, well, what do you do? Right. Well, and, and like you don't know what the fuck's going on. You just hear a massive crash. And then you're going down there and having to process this gigantic just amount of bullshit. Right. right. And see, now that's the other thing. Now I got survivor's guilt because my neighbor got it bad. Like me, I got I got a fence. I just, you know, once we get that fence up, we're fucking done. He has to replace all that stuff. His lawnmower is flat. <laughs> his, his, they oh, had motorcycles man. back there. Uh, pro that that nice chrome grill. Uh, you can see in one of the pictures has paint splattered all over. It. Dude, yeah, I was uh, glad that that was paint. By the way, got all his landscaping and 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 uh, they put marble, not marble, but uh, you know, just some oh, pavement down yeah. in the back. Really nice stuff fucking tore up his ass and oh and there's a picture of him finding his dog this was after everybody was clearing out and packing up he finally got back in there and the dog was hiding under a bush oh and so he carried it up to us and my wife reached out and it was shaking all it was just trembling that poor old dog <laughs> that poor dog but yeah like at the end of it the dog made it okay that was when but, you sent the text message and i'm reading this brick of text like halfway through this brick, I'm like, this dog better fucking live. Like, if, I know. If Jeff tells oh, me, it was, it was touching. I was like, I don't know where my dog is. And he kept on saying, "Why well, he's running off somewhere. And if you look behind him, here comes a lady in a baby carriage. Honest. It was just, Jeez. it was just like, that's, this is where people walk and live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, again, I feel it was scary and stuff, but we we're, we're, we're like, nothing happened to us really. You know, we just replaced our fence and we're good. But, but uh, yeah, this is poor family. And he's a hard worker, like I said, very good neighbor. He comes over and seeds my lawn and mows it if it needs it. You know, <laughs> if, if I'm being a stupid neighbor. Oh, so he was the mower. He was the mower. Oh, man. Yeah. No good deed goes unpunished. No, yeah. And everybody loves him. Everybody. Hey, you can uh, have to mow your own lawn now. <laughs> I know, right? I know. That's the thing is that you can have mine. <laughs> See, I don't use it. You're like, um, hey, if you're going to keep mowing my lawn, you can just have my mower. <laughs> Oh, a guy from the back uh, that lives in the back, he came up and introduced himself, and, they, and he goes, oh, it's Ephraim, you know? And I go, yeah. He's going, oh, dude, he's well, a nice guy. I go, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, this brings everyone together, too. I mean, traumatic events in the neighborhood sort of thing. Jeff, you're going to have to start your own state, safe streets cult like I did. Right. You got to make if it If I happen. stay off the streets, it's safe enough. <laughs> That is insane. <laughs> that is so crazy. Oh my god. Um, we're gonna we're gonna finish up the live recording. That's but we're gonna stick around. We've got an interview with uh, my good buddy uh, James. We're gonna have him on and discussing some really cool stuff. So get we'll get with that. So I'm super stoked about this because it still has a Tacoma connection, but it's also really integrated into a uh, uh, a life. Uh, an older life of mine where I was doing a lot more geeky stuff and I still do geeky <laughs> stuff. Um, but I really like, this is one of the funnest times I've ever had. It was playing tabletop RPGs. And sometimes you get the chance to do it with sometimes the co-creator of one of the coolest systems out there. <laughs> 
And we had the, I had that chance, gosh, I think maybe about five years ago with James L. Sutter, uh, co-creator of Pathfinder and Starfinder. But I I don't know if you just came to us or if it was just because uh, I have, you know, back with the uh, with Geek Nation and stuff I used to, uh, uh, you know, do a lot of things with Paizo. And I know I've gone down and done some interview stuff. Or did you just reach out to us on your own on this one? I, you know, uh, I mean, this time and I think last time, I think I reached out to you, too. And I think it wasn't even because of uh, any game connection. It was actually just because, you know, I used to be a metal guy. And (laughs) the idea of being, you know, on a metal radio station was super exciting. Um, You know, I had gotten back my old metal band had gotten played once or twice on uh on the station and that had been like you know a highlight for us so when we were putting out the new games i was like i wonder they're into nerd stuff i wonder if there's any connection there and then y'all had me out to run a game for you yeah and it was awesome because it was the most ridiculous one it was a module called we be goblins where we all we all got to be goblins and you're just little and not always evil, but I mean, goblins are goblins, and goblins are going to do what goblins do. So we get to run around with pre-generated characters, and you run it, ran us through a, a, a great adventure. Well, thanks. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was maximum chaos. <laughs> and then I haven't, I mean, obviously, it's been five years because a freaking pandemic happened in the middle of everything. Yeah. And, you know, everything just kind of slows down or changes or, I mean, for you... I don't know, because this was before the pandemic, but you decided to move away from both Pathfinder and Starfinder. And for those who don't know, um, Pathfinder is a tabletop role-playing game, uh, much akin to uh, a Dungeons & Dragons or like a Vampire the Masquerade or any of those sort of things. Um, But it was originally an offshoot of, was it 3.5 D&D? Yeah, exactly. So basically what happened, uh, I'll give people just the quick story. Perfect. But basically, uh, Paizo, the company that I worked for, had licensed the right to do Dungeon and Dragon magazines, which had been around since, you know, the 70s. Um, And so I originally started working on the magazines when I worked there. And then once the license got pulled uh, and we could no longer make official Dungeons and Dragons stuff, we created this game called Pathfinder, uh, which was very similar to Dungeons and Dragons based off of an earlier open source version of the D&D rules. And so we became sort of overnight uh, a competitor to D&D, whereas before we'd been working on D&D. And then that game got really big and, you know, we did that for years and then eventually, you know, I worked my way up. I did all sorts of different jobs there. You know, I was development, I was editing, I was in charge of the novel line because we did tie-in novels. Um, And then when we decided to make a science fantasy version that was sort of like Pathfinder except futuristic... Uh, we called that game Starfinder and I was the creative director on that. So I got to lead the team all the way from the game's inception, you know, the first idea of we should do this all the way through to the launch, which was super successful. Oh yeah. And then it was one of those things where, you know, at that point I'd been working at that company for 13 years, you know, just putting all this time and effort into tabletop and having a great time. But I kind of said, you know, I think I've done what I came to do. Like, I've just been the (laughs) creative director on this wildly successful game that was totally my baby. You know, a lot of the setting stuff had come out of a book that I'd written earlier for Pathfinder. And so it just felt 
like a really creatively satisfying point to step away. And so, yeah, we we launched the game and then I came back to the office and said, all right, I'm out. Bye. And everybody went, what? <laughs> like, you can't, you're going to leave now? And I was like, no, I think I want to pull a Calvin and Hobbes and like, you know, ride my wagon off into the sunset while, while it's on a high note. Right. And so, yeah, I left the company and I have been writing novels like my new uh, my first young adult romance novel is uh, comes out in God a week and a half. Wow! Um, yeah, and we'll probably we'll probably get into that because that's set in Seattle and is all about sort of local music. Um, but you know, I still do tabletop related stuff. Like even though I stepped down as creative director, I still will sometimes write adventures for both Pathfinder and Starfinder and Dungeons and Dragons. I wrote for the new. Uh, the new Dragonlance adventure that came out what? a while back. I wrote for that. But, um, oh, and I'm also doing the new Starfinder comic book series. But you uh, are, you are busy. Fun. You got a lot of stuff rolling down on this. <laughs> yeah, you kind of got it. It's actually weird. I, we didn't plan it this way, but both my new novel and the first issue of the Starfinder comic book come out in june so it's just been this wild blitz of trying to promote everything and make sure we get the word out and it's perfect timing too because this episode's going to drop on the 31st so boom oh, awesome yeah so it's going to hit right there as soon as everybody's ear holes get this you're either going to have to wait a day for those people who subscribe which i appreciate but if not just take a look and seriously just seriously i mean we're gonna have all the links in the descriptions because we always do but if you're just looking at your Google machine right now, you can just Google James L. Sutter and Dark Hearts. But it, yeah, it, it'll come up. That will be the novel. And then it, seriously, if you just do James L. Sutter and Starfinder, you're going to find a million billion things, by the way, um, <laughs> which is not the worst thing. I just love the fact that no. I, I forgot how much that this was a uh, Starfinder was your thing. And I mean, when it was announced, I bought in because fortunately um, I got in with Pathfinder and understanding the system is like perfect in terms of like if you're someone who really loves like the number crunching and getting into the possibilities of doing a little bit of the the more of the 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 R O L L playing. I mean, there's still lots of role playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you want to like have some stats and do some really cool stuff with numbers, I love for, for that aspect. Plus, both with Pathfinder and Starfinder. There's baked in missions that you can like download or buy as well, which makes it a fun way to go, especially with the way the path the paths go, because there's multiple books that come out. So you can run a campaign for as long or as short as you want with these these modules. Yeah, yeah. No, and I'm I'm all about the pre-published adventures. You oh, know, yeah. uh, it's funny because I. I'm actually in my heart. I'm kind of a like role playing story guy. You know, for me the yeah. the setting and the characters are always the most important part. But I've just by chance ended up spending my entire career in these like really crunchy <laughs> systems. And I think that that tension actually was really good for Starfinder because you know you had I was the creative director, so I was like sort of you know nominally in charge of the team, but. You know, so there was always that pull of even though I had great designers, you know, working on all of the crunchy bits, um, you know, I was also always on the other end kind of being like, well, do we really need this rule? Like, do we have to do it this way? Like, let's make sure that the the setting is fun, that the story yeah. comes first, you know, all those sorts of things. And I think you need kind of all all different types of game designers on a team if you want to have a really robust 
system, you know, so unfortunately Starfinder was like an all hands on deck thing. Like basically everybody in the company contributed to that all the way to the, you know, the customer service team were like vital in making that book come together. And I loved it. And the thing that I love so much about it is because you can see that, that lower touch. And when you're doing something like where Pathfinder is more akin to the fantasy aspect of it, uh, of like tabletop RPGs, this Starfinder can, is still definitely fantasy, but you can go science fiction slash fantasy and do however you want. You can have uh, a baked in onto one space station um, mission or group and just stay there, or you can go planet hopping to place to place to place and have all of these different like creatures and alien races and species and they have lore with them and then you're like oh that's a cool creature that i just found out about because whatever adventure had it oh yeah most of the time you can also just play those aliens as well if you want to yeah like it's so cool that was really the goal of the game early on and the, the same was true of pathfinder you know where we kind of with when we were doing Pathfinder, we went against the conventional wisdom, which at the time the idea was if you're going to do a campaign setting, um, you know, if you remember like the old second edition campaign settings for Dungeons and Dragons, like Ravenloft and Dark Sun and Planescape, um, the idea was if you're going to do a setting, it needs to be really specific and have yeah. a, a very identifiable flavor, and that makes sense. But we decided with pathfinder that we were going to try and do sort of all the different flavors of fantasy and we would just put a different one in every country so if you wanted gothic horror you would go to this country called ustalov like if you wanted you know if you want guns in your fantasy we've got a country for that if you don't (laughs) want guns in your fantasy go to literally any other country and it'll be fine you know and so uh we kind of took the same approach with with starfinder where we wanted to be the system that you could use to tell kind of any science fantasy story you want to so whether you're into you know a star wars style space opera or star trek or if you want to do space horror like you know alien or event horizon or something like that you know we were really trying to draw on all of our favorite science fiction and futuristic fantasy tropes and sort of build the game around that especially when you can go to different planets like why not do a little bit of everything and so I think we actually did a pretty good job of creating a rule system that was robust enough that everything still has flavor, but you can play it a lot of different ways. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that's really what I love about it. It's, it's, and I mean, I, it's one of those things where like, I could just nerd out about it so much too, but it's like (laughs) just getting that aspect of it. I love the fact because we've got a really robust tabletop. uh, We've got a lot of gaming stores still here in, Tacoma itself. Um, there's nice. Terra Crux down in on Antique Row on Sixth Avenue. There's Tacoma Games on South Tacoma Way down by Lakewood. There's uh, I'm just I'm blanking the Matrix, the Game Matrix, and those are uh, Silver Kings on South Tacoma Way. There's a bunch of places that do you know tabletop role playing nights. And right, if you haven't done like just check out a book on Starfinder. It's fantastic. Like I said. So many different planets. There is a, there's no longer a quote unquote Earth, a Terra type thing, but there's a space station that is the, uh, I guess, the melting pot for most yeah, of kind the of stories. Our, 
kind of our Babylon 5 or nice, Deep yeah. Space 9, you know, that kind of vibe. Yeah, and so you can kind of have those aspects on that. And like I said, like super just just full of lore. So many books out there. I have so many books. I'll let you know. I bought in right away. I got a bunch of the alien archives because when I found out I could play anything, I decided to look and just find all sorts of crazy stuff. So, Oh, yeah. Well, and monster books are always the best. Oh, yes. (laughs) I just love looking through them, like the art, the stats, all the aspects of it, learning about these things. It's I mean, it was the same thing I did when I was like five years old looking through the dinosaur books, you know. Totally, totally. It's the same vibe. Like even I've actually met a lot of people who bought, you know, monster manuals and bestiaries and stuff before they ever knew how to play the game just because they wanted to like see all these creatures, you know, it's like books on mythology, you know, Mm -hmm. or or like you say, dinosaurs, like I collected all that stuff. (laughs) And so let's talk a little bit about the comic book that you have that's coming out this month as well, Yeah, because I mean, it fits right in with this. Is this in a specific planetary setting? Are you hopping from planet to planet is it at absalom station which is the main one so it starts out on absalom station which is our main sort of nexus for uh for the starfinder setting uh but it pretty quickly goes out to a new planet that was one thing that paizo when they tapped me to write the comic they really wanted me to go you know design a new world and take the adventure there nice. and which you know you don't have to ask me twice like that's one of my <laughs> favorite parts like i love setting design uh, but yeah, so it, the story is all, it's uh, the iconic characters. So we've got these things called iconics in the in both Pathfinder and Starfinder. And they're the characters that represent each of the playable classes. And so it's a thing that you'll see pop up again and again in the games where like you can play, you know, you can play any character you want. You can make anything you can imagine. But we oftentimes either will offer as pre-generated characters or just as characters that uh we give to the artists so that they know who to illustrate in all of their illustrations in the books um you see these same characters come up over and over again and you know over time the fan base starts wanting to know who these characters are because you see them in like you know illustration after illustration so the comic book focuses on these characters so you've got a team it's uh the sort of captain is sort of a han solo-esque fast-talking human named navasi and then you've got a big reptilian uh, alien called a Vesk that's our uh, oh. sort of mercenary soldier, you know, bruiser character. Speaking of dinosaurs. We've... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we've got the mechanic, who's a rat folk. Um, we've got an elf who's a precog, uh, so she can kind of bend time and see the future. <laughs> and then my favorite is we've got... This character named Keskadai, who's a Sheeran, which is our uh, sort of main bug race. Oh, yeah. And I really like those those folks. Um, and so he's the ship's medic, but he's also a priest of the death goddess. That's... So it's one of those things where, like, you know, he'll use the magic to heal you up. But if you die, that's okay, too. You know, it'll be <laughs> that's all just part of the process. Um, and the other thing I love about him is that he's also a single dad. Uh, so he Aww. carries his larva around on a, in like a little armored cylinder on his belt to kind of like show his kid the galaxy. That's a, um, that's adorable and horrifying, by the way. It is. It is. And that's what I love about it. Um but yeah, all these characters, it was really fun to come back to them because they were all characters, uh, all except for Siravel, the elf who showed up later. Um, the other characters were all ones that I had either written or worked with the team to design back when we were first putting the game together. And so 
to get to write a story with them after five years was kind of like kind of like hanging out with your college friends who you haven't seen in a long time where everybody just like falls so naturally back into that banter and those roles uh that's kind of what it felt like it was really fun to be writing their adventure as i guess the story of the comic is all about them uh trying to bring faster than light technology to a previously uncontacted world um so it's a little bit of a uh, race to get there before the planet can get exploited by other people who have learned about this world and want to seize it for themselves. That is awesome. That is awesome. What is the title of it? Because I'm pretty, I mean, as a comic book, it'll be available probably at all comic book stores, much like Stargazer yeah. down here or uh, Destiny City. So, yeah. So, uh, the official title of this story arc is Starfinder Angels of the Drift. Nice. Uh, but it's just the Starfinder comic series. Um, and yeah, the first one comes out late June. Uh, that's when the first floppy comes out. But also there's a Kickstarter running right now from the publisher Dynamite where oh, Dynamite, if you want to yeah. just if you want to just get in on that and pre-order the entire like hardcover collection of all five issues, uh, you can just be one and done right now and you don't have to worry about pull lists. So we're really trying to give people, you know, because... I know some people, I feel like there's a lot of people who only read one or the other. Either they only subscribe to like monthly issues or they only buy the collections. And so you can do both right now. And it's perfect. I just posted the link in our Discord channel. We have a shout outs channel that I just posted the link for it. Oh, nice. It has already hit the goal. So congratulations. You don't have to worry about whether or not this will get through. And uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, and really like we knew... I think everybody's been waiting for a Starfinder comic for a while, both, you know, at the the publisher and also I think in the fan base, like, I mean, I've been waiting for it. You know, I knew when we were first creating the game, I was like, because I'd written a bunch of the Pathfinder comics as well. And I was always thinking, God, it would be so nice to do a Starfinder comic. So I'm glad it's finally happening. And I'm super excited that they picked me to write it. Oh, hell yeah. That's amazing. I love it. So you can check it out. Like I said, if you want to get the floppies, you have to wait a little bit, but you can go to the Kickstarter. It's right on our Discord, and we've put it the link to uh, it right in the de- the description of this because we have an amazing person named Becca who does that, and I appreciate awesome. her. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, Becca. right? Yeah. Um, also, I did want to – let's talk a little bit about – we'll start off with um, the book Dark Hearts because oh yeah yeah and then we'll get into music too because you did mention you were in a band and i know that you even stated that uh dark hearts does involve and kind of revolve around music to uh some extent so yeah let's get into that a little bit yeah so dark hearts is my first uh young adult contemporary romance novel and it's a queer love story all about falling in love with the boy who stole your chance to become a rock star oh so yeah right so the idea is (laughs) basically the main character david when he was in middle school he formed a band with his best friends sort of like a goth rock band (laughs) and you know they did all right for themselves but then everybody's egos got big and he stormed out and then the band got huge without him so now he's 17 and you know his former best friends are world famous and he's like in high school trying not to fail social studies (laughs) um But so, you know, he's super bitter about it. But then he gets thrown back in contact with the lead singer and they begin to sort of remember why they liked each other in the first place. And then it it sort of surprises them both by turning into romance. Um, But then as they begin having this whole secret relationship, the main character starts thinking, 
oh, well, maybe this is my chance to get back into the band and get the fame and, you know, fortune that I've been denied. But, of course, anytime you start looking at your romantic partner and going, how can I use them to advance yeah, my yeah. own goals? How, you can, know, how like, can I manipulate this person? Yeah. Things going to get real messy. So that's the basic premise. And, you know, for me, it was really fun to write for a lot of reasons. I mean, A, it's set in Seattle, which is I live in South Seattle. And so... In some ways, it was just my love letter to the city. You know, all the locations that I wished I could go to during the pandemic, I could just, like, <laughs> let the characters go to. Um, but also, for me, being, you know, a lifelong band guy, I really remember that feeling of, you know, I started a punk band when I was, like, 15. Um, and we did okay for ourselves. Like, never got huge, but, like, you know, got on the radio a couple times, etc. And... I still remember being 18 and watching bands younger than me starting to like really blow up and get signed and thinking, Oh, well I've, I've missed my shot. Like I'm a has been, you know? Uh, And especially once the band broke up, you know, I I just thought like, who am I if not the rock star that I thought I was going to (laughs) become? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you put a lot of your, especially with music, you put a lot of your identity into um, just like not only the music that you're playing, but like your look, your vibe with everything, especially in your, yeah. teen, in your teen years. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get big into being a band guy, Yeah, you know? And so for me, there was that feeling of what does it mean when that label that you've been using for yourself no longer applies? Um, and then of course that also dovetails nicely with, you know, the sort of coming out story of like, you think you're straight, Turns out you're not. What do you do when that label doesn't apply anymore either? Like, how do you figure out who you're going to be going forward when it doesn't fit the plans you've made? And so all of that kind of goes together. So, you know, while it is not, (laughs) it is not an autobiography, uh, there are certainly many elements (laughs) of my own life uh, that pop up in there. Uh, And I think it's, I think it's a very fun story. I think it's funny. I think people who are local will hopefully get even more out of it because of all the little uh, local touches. But, uh, but yeah. And that's I. Um, I'm putting up a, a link on our shoutouts as well for the book. It is going to be out on the sixth of June. So keep an eye out on that. If you yeah. if you guys are uh, if you guys are listening to this beforehand, keep an eye on it. But the link's right over there for um, if you want it. Uh, if you have a young adult in your life who may be into this, uh, this sort of, uh, this, uh, the writing or just this sort of genre, hook them up, let them know reading is fundamental. And I mean, you can still do summer book clubs and shit, right? Yeah, go go read this and then get your, you know, personal pizza from the library for reading, <laughs> you know, reading There's, 10 books or they, however they, that works. They're doing it. I saw it. Like, I don't remember oh, where yeah. I saw I don't remember where I saw it, but you can get a pan pizza for reading a book. And I, I, I was at a librarian convention uh, like a month ago, and <laughs> you know the other authors and I were all like sort of rhapsodizing about being having been you know twelve and doing those book reading clubs yeah. to like get the pizzas, and all the librarians were like, "Yeah, no, that's still going. Like everybody loves it." Yeah, I mean that's the one thing you will get a kid to do most anything for pizza. Like hell yeah, you can get an adult to do most anything for pizza. That's why. <laughs> that, like, that's how, where I'm at. Yeah, too. it's like moving. What are you gonna have pizza? Yes, beer optional. Pizza, yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love it. And then, so like, tell me a little bit about because to put a Tacoma tie on this, you did 
mention to me that you did have an interesting experience playing down here. So I want to hear about this. Yeah. Oh, well, so, you know, I've, uh, I've been in a number of bands. Like when I was, uh, when I was a teenager, I played in a sort of like pop punk and eventually more hardcore band called, uh, Slam Daddy. <laughs> it was a weird time for, it was a weird time for band names, people. <laughs> but, uh, I played in that for like four years and then I played in a, uh, sort of progressive metalcore uh, type band, sort of like a Kill Switch Engage kind of vibe. Oh, uh, nice. Band called Shadow at Morning. Um, and that was the one that I actually got on. I think uh, I think we made it onto both KSW and uh, KEXP with that one. Um, but uh, but so the the show that t- you know in Tacoma was super memorable was when I was eighteen. We got invited to play at the Annie Wright School down in Tacoma. <laughs> that is which not is, what I expected. <laughs> oh, yeah, which is a Catholic girls boarding school. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. There's between imagine, Charles Wright and Annie Wright. Those are the two yeah. sides of the uh, the coin there. Yeah, so, like, yeah, one of, the, um, one of the girls who went there had, like, met me in, like, a, you know, AOL chat room or something. You know, this is dating things, but this is probably... Uh, <laughs> 2002 uh and yeah she was putting on a concert and invited me uh, and my band down there and so we got to play this show you know <laughs> i remember i was in uh the school play at the time and i told the director uh you know hey i'm gonna have to miss a performance and he was like what are you talking about like you can't just skip a performance and i was like listen i've been invited to play at a catholic girls boarding school with my <laughs> punk band and he was just like I I can't argue with that. Go. Right. It's a little too perfect. A <laughs> little too perfect. Yeah, so we did, and we played the show, and it was incredible. They had, like, I don't know who had the connections, but the sound equipment was, like, the people who had just done, like, Green Day at the White River Amphitheater <laughs> or something. Like, there was professional-ass stage well, bro, uh, and they, equipment they, in there. They have money. They had they, money then. They have money now. <laughs> oh, I believe it. But it was just a surreal experience because, I mean, all these girls live there. They're all kind of bored. And so we come out as just this punk band. And it was like we were the Beatles. Oh, I remember we came yeah. out from backstage afterwards and people were literally screaming and like getting <laughs> us to sign autographs. And at 18, it was like, this is the greatest moment of my life. Oh, my um, God. Yes. Not, not to mention everybody in the band, you know. Uh, it was kind of like that, um, like Oprah Winfrey giving everybody a car, but it was more like, you get a girlfriend and you get a girlfriend, <laughs> girlfriend. That is perfect. That's and hilarious. It was a fun show. So yeah, that was, that was definitely the best show I ever played in Tacoma. Um, wow. and one of the, one of the most memorable shows ever. I mean, I, I've had other good ones. Like, uh, I got to open for three inches of blood uh, at uh, Hell's Kitchen with uh, my metal band years later, and like that was fun. That was, <laughs> but that was a very different experience because uh, you open for three inches of blood and you look out at the audience, and like not only are they all standing there with their arms crossed because they're not there for you, but like <laughs> they put their arms crossed and they're also in armor and have like helmets and swords, <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, guys, we got to do a real good job tonight. <laughs> That's amazing. That was, I mean, literally, like, one one of our next episodes is going to be talking, we just got back from Crypticon, and mm. when you just see 
like the the costumes people come into for that for like a horror convention you're like yes i agree with that but like even recently one of the concerts that we first went went to coming back um uh coming back from the pandemic was ridiculously enough max sabbath and okay fast food uh Black Sabbath, basically. So Ronald nice. Ronald McDonald, or what it, <laughs> is the lead singer? They have a giant grimace, and like it's all done up, basically, kind of like a little bit lower, lower tiered guar. That's amazing. But then also, like, so you have them on stage, but then everybody else is coming out as well, all dressed up too. It's like sure. that is one of the most absolute surreal moments when you've got like fog machines that look like Ronald McDonald's severed head shooting out fog and they're playing songs like <laughs> sweet beef as opposed to sweet leaf you know right right uh, I you gotta love a band with a good gimmick oh yes. you know um, like I've been addicted to like the uh, the new sleep token album have you been have you heard that no one I have not oh my god sleep token is the best new metal band or not new metal but the best metal band that i've heard in like at least a year like they're just brilliant um but they also have kind of that thing of you know they're a mystery band that all wears masks yeah they all worship the god sleep you know it's one of those totally over-the-top contrived things that's like fun but then you pair it with the fact that the music is amazing and suddenly it's like oh this is brilliant oh yeah i'm gonna have to check these guys out just visually and a lot of the times i'll I'll follow a band just because of their visual aesthetics i'm not i'm not afraid to do that and then i found a lot of really cool uh, bands with that Uh, jeff here uh uh ghost one of my favorite Right. Oh, like, straight like, up. I even know it's the same guy underneath the mask, but I get mad when they change the papas. If I like a papa, I'll get pissed when they <laughs> when they <laughs> kill a papa off. I'm like, no, I liked him. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm a big fan. Like I, I feel like I'm it's rare that I'm actually up on current music these days. I feel like I've sort of fallen out of the scene, especially oh, yeah. with the pandemic. But uh yeah, I've just been devouring these guys' stuff. This is amazing. I'm going to have to get into this. That'll be amazing. It was another thing I just, like, your whole Annie Wright story, it reminded me of one of the first concerts I went to in Tacoma was an MXPX, their local out of Bremerton, oh, nice. uh, MXPX show at a church. And Of course, yeah. And that, that makes sense for them in their early years because, I mean, this was seriously like 30-some-odd years ago that this happened. But the band that opened for them was a punk band named 90 Pound Wuss. And they did not fit the same vibe where MXPX was still like more, you know, like pop punk. These guys were. Yeah, these guys were punk. And so (laughs) you just it's in in like a gym auditorium at a church. And there's all these people who are super stoked to see MXPX. And then this punk show. And I'm kind of like an outlier, like. I was brought along with some of my uh, cousins because they were they were very churchy and they would do all this stuff and bring me along, and so I'm just kind of watching all these horrified faces, and I'm just like I'm here for this. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. This is like the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, and it was oh, a hell man. of a show. I saw so many. I-, I wonder sometimes if there are still. And like that many underage clubs in you know Seattle and Tacoma, because uh, like when I was a kid, there was a huge scene. I mean, yeah. it wasn't 
it, you know, I was a few years after like some of the biggest ones came out of here, but there were still plenty of people, you know, yeah. playing all the time. The, and I just yeah. don't know if that's still a thing. Well, I, I remember because, well, I, I remember some of them, but I know now I think the Vera Project in Seattle is all yeah. ages. And then down here, we've got Real Art Tacoma, which is a oh, cool. real, it's amazing place. It's an all ages venue. Um, and but they'll do all sorts. We've done a couple of different things there, uh, and they're just they're just really great. They really cater to a lot of the more youth movement music, but they still have all sorts of stuff there, and it's a great place to book out. And especially if you're looking for an all ages show, like they will get a lot of people there because there isn't, like you said, there's not a whole lot of places. So any place that's yeah. down for doing it. A lot of the times, you know, you know, maybe you don't want to go to or have to go to like a big show at like the Tacoma Dome or something, or right. you know, a band's not gonna that you love isn't gonna be able to come and tour around because or have yeah. a place to play. Yeah, no, and I mean, I think the kids need it. I mean, there's oh, yeah. no energy in the world like a good underage hardcore show or like metal <laughs> show. Like that's. It's just transformative when you can actually get that experience of sort of being in the pit or being on stage, right? Like, and getting that uh, that passion. Yeah. I feel like, you, yeah, there's just, it's hard to love things as much when you're 35 and, you know, you're, <laughs> you work tomorrow and your back hurts, you know, versus when you're 16 and you've just heard, you know, for me, like, you know, Kane Hodder or somebody for the first time and you're like what is this and your right. head is just exploding yeah like I don't go to shows if they play on Tuesdays no matter how much I love the bands <laughs> now and that's just me in my 40s you know it's just yeah, right. Like, I'm going to go to a show and I'm going to buy merch but my energy is going to be pretty much sitting in the back watching everyone else mosh I ain't a mosher no more and that's for damn right sure. right <laughs> and, and, yeah and, the the cool thing is it's not about age either. I'm a, I'm a huge like live or die Motorhead fan, and I saw him play oh, yeah. in yeah in Orlando House of Blues, and they uh, a lot of young punk kids were there, and I yeah. saw a write up the next day from one of the 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 reviewers, music reviewers, and he was a young man that was a, a punk guy, and he goes, I've been to you know hundreds of punk shows, and there was nothing as loud as what I just heard last <laughs> night. From, from the, the from the word go, they say, "Hey, we're Motorhead. We're here to play rock and roll." And it goes from zero yeah. to like a plane taking off, you know. And if you hit people you with know, those like all ages places, you can get someone who maybe haven't hasn't found their you know found their band, found their passion, and you play in front of them, and then you get the starry eyed like, "Ah, I'm gonna be your fan forever now." Well, right. I remember being, you know, 15, the first like real concert I ever went to that wasn't like, you know, accompanying my parents. I remember right. in like 19, I think it was 1999, maybe, um, you know, I'm I'm 15 and I went and saw The Offspring oh, as nice. like my first real concert. And I remember, you know, I, I walked in there being like, I wonder what punk rock is like, you know, um, <laughs> and I remember coming out several hours later, like. I've lost my shirt somewhere in the pit. I'm just like drenched in sweat. And it was like, <laughs> my eyes had just been opened. And it was one of those things where you know, I immediately like got home and I'm like banging on my parents' bedroom door. And it's like, I need to purchase a guitar immediately. <laughs> you know, this, is, this cannot wait. Tomorrow we are buying a guitar. And I basically turned around and started a punk band the next day. Right. And that's like, amazing. You know, uh, you, 
opinions on that sort of that era of kind of mall punk, uh, you know, varies. And of course, my tastes have changed as I've gotten older. But man, that just it blew my mind. Yeah. And I mean, I remember like you always remember those bands you obsess about and still can go back to and just have a fun memory of or oh, just yeah. that snapshot in time. And it's it's a nostalgia hit, especially when you get when you the music that you've hit in your teens. That's that that formative like they've done studies about it, like a lot of people's musical tastes get just kind of stuck in that genre and you can move on from that. But even at that aspect, like I still fall back into like 90s, like alt rock. Oh my oh, god! Sure, like well, uh, so much. And it, all, it also, I feel like, is formative because it sort of sh- gives you direction. It shows yeah. you, especially like artistically, if you're already inclined to that direction, it gives you an idea of what to shoot for. Like I remember being probably 17 and seeing AFI at the Showbox. Oh wow! Um, and yeah, like right when the Art of Drowning came out. And just being, I was so into that band and, you know, watching uh, the singer Davey, like, not just crowd surf, but like walk out across the hands Mm -hmm. of all the audience because like the kids were packed in that closely. And I remember, you know, saying to, you know, turning to my friend and bandmate and saying like, this is my goal. Like, I (laughs) want to headline the show box someday in Seattle. Like that is, that is what I'm shooting for. Um and like that band broke up, but my next band, uh, Shadow Up Morning, like I think when I was maybe twenty four, uh, we did get to headline the show nice. box. Um, yeah, and that was you know this deeply meaningful moment for me where it was like this is the thing I've been gunning for since I was seventeen, and it was amazing, you know. And actually, <laughs> I think uh, that band didn't last too much longer after that because I think it was another case where we all kind of were like. Oh, we we did, did the it. thing. We like, did you know, it. Yeah, we, yeah. We've we played the showbox twice, and like that's good enough. You know, <laughs> now we're done. Well, and I mean, like, I, even now that seems like your mo, like going from literally creating an RPG, but it's that still creative energy going from that. Yeah, like doing that on both, like on two different, very amazingly popular RPGs with Pathfinder and Starfinder writing now the comics with it and i mean obviously you've been writing this entire time because you've talked about doing the other adventures and working with all the other different aspects of you know creating uh the uh, modules and everything for like for ttrpgs but then yeah. also well, on top I'm- of that now going with the novel novels too yeah well and you know even beyond that right like so you know this is my first young adult romance novel but i had written two fantasy novels before that tied into the pathfinder game oh, gosh, um yeah. i've written video games i've done you know a bunch of short stories that were like horror or science fiction or fantasy in various places like i really really like to bounce around um because i think it keeps me fresh you know it's all the same creative drive yeah. that pushes it but you know it's it's the same thing whether it's you know, writing a horror story or doing musical theater. You know, I, uh, right before the pandemic, something that I was loving is, uh, are, have you ever heard of in Seattle? There's a local theater group group called, uh, hello earth. And they do Mm. for a long time. They did star Trek in the park. Ah, okay, Uh, And then, yeah, the last two years before the pandemic, they did star Wars in the park. Um, so, they would perform all August, every Saturday and Sunday in August. They did 
uh, the entirety of one of the Star Wars movies <laughs> just performed as low budget theater, you know, and it was hilarious. They would right like R two D two was a girl on roller skates with a slide whistle. Like it was just <laughs> super fun. And so uh, I actually I played in the band for that for two years. So I got to just play guitar, you know, all summer doing the soundtrack to Star Wars as people, you know, run around pretending to be ATATs and stuff. That's so amazing. Uh, yeah, and it was it's just super fun, you know, all of these things. I can never see somebody doing cool art and not kind of want to give it a shot. You know, I like I'm not yeah. it doesn't mean I'm good at it, but I always want to try. And that's I mean, that's the greatest part about being a creative mind and being able to do that. And seriously, man, like I commend you on all of those aspects. Thank you. If people like we have, what's a good way for people to find you and find out more about you um, that we can just quick oh. link to for that? Yeah, just hit me up. Um, my website is jameslsutter.com or I'm always on Twitter at jameslsutter. I'm on Instagram now. That's also jameslsutter with a couple underscores in there. But I mean, I'm always happy to talk to people. Nice. Like, if, especially if anybody has questions about you know, uh, writing and publishing, you know, I try to give advice on that sort of stuff. Or if anybody just wants to be like, <laughs> if anybody local wants to talk about bands from 2002 <laughs> and be like, Oh, I remember blue sky mile. Let's, let's talk about that. You know, let's nice. talk about K through six. Like I would love to meet more people who remember those bands. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I, it's so funny. Cause I forgot that you're a Seattleite and I, I, I feel remiss on that aspect, but we're going to have to hang out some more too. <laughs> yeah for sure now that now that the pandemic is <clears throat> quote unquote over i know or, right I, or we're dealing with it i guess at, at this much because it took me three years to finally freaking get it but um yeah like we'll be able to hang out a little bit more and get reacquainted on that aspect and we'll have you on for yeah, more for stuff sure. when, whenever you got stuff going on you're 100 oh, well, percent. i guess thanks. and i mean even just seriously go check out jameslsutter.com everyone out there see what he's been doing a great creative mind. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Very happy that everyone did. If you want to get a late sign-in, a sign-up for Putt Stuff, puttstuff at gritcitypodcast.com. Just a few slots left, if any, by the time you hear this. So, Yeah, as of uh, today's recording, I think we have four slots left. That's filled with ourselves, our partners, and yeah, we the Patreon them. folks who got that early access uh, signups for their teams. So uh, if you're still interested in putt stuff, make sure you get those in sooner than later. Like I said, we're probably going to lock it out after, I'd say maybe a week or so after mm-hmm. this episode goes live. Yep, absolutely. So if uh, check the date on this podcast when you listen to it, it might be too late. Or, I mean, just send us an email. See if the email still works. It might be three years later. We might be doing putt stuff uh, three. At that point. Oh, yeah. All of it All of it routes to my email, so I'll see it. <laughs> the third hole. Whoa. Oh, I know. We're going to have to do that. Well, we're going to... Well, we we, we got to start with the first hole. Then we'll hit the <laughs> second hole. And then we'll get to the third hole. We'll see if we can make this an annual event. We'll make it a three-way. Whoa. Well, we'll see what happens. We got to start off with the singular, man. But, yes. <laughs> but stuff at gritcitypodcast.com. You can listen live and you can hear the chaos of uh, us trying to put together a show when we do so. Join our Discord. Go to Discord uh, or go to GritCityPodcast.com because that has links to our Discord and all of our other episodes and all the other things. Tell friends about Street Beefs. 
Tell friends about Starfinder comic books and the new young adult novel, which is called Dark Hearts. And you can find all those and all those links. Thank you so much to James for being on. Thank you so much to Fire Chicken for being on. Thank you to Jeff and Derek and all of you listening. And until next time, guys, stay gritty. You've been listening to the Grit City Podcast. Check them out at gritcitypodcast.com. Yeah.